Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but life has a tendency to get moving. Anybody been busy? Just checking. You know, and stuff, stuff, can get, stuff can get going. And sometimes in the, in the middle of the chaos, uh, we look at where we are, but we forget that God's taken us someplace. And, and God's working on you and in you and through you and amongst you and by you. And, and, and a lot of times it, it's, the, it's the chaos or the pressure that seems to get our focus because there are certain things that come up and, and, and it's not like you can just ignore it. You have to deal with it. But it's easy to forget that God is doing a work in my life. That God is working in my house. That God is working in, you know, in, in our church and in our cities. And God, God, is, God is doing great things. And, and, and what he's working on isn't to equip us for where we are, but he's developing us and preparing us for where he's taking us. And, 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 you know, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, it can feel kind of like you're climbing a mountain, like the mountain never ends. But you got to just keep climbing. Come on, somebody. You got to just keep climbing. Because, you, you know, it's important to, to get up there. Why? Because it's going to empower you. It's going it's gonna, uh, to enable you to change your perspective. Because from the top of the mountain, you can see stuff that you couldn't see down low. Right? Like, like w- w- if you're too low, you, you just you can't see the lights of the city. But you get up high enough, and there they are. And, and the, the entire view changes. And, and once you can see what you couldn't see before, now, now, now you have a passion, a desire, a drive to get to where you've never been before. Because you can see stuff. And God's trying to show us things. That's one of the cool things about his word, is that when you meditate his word, you begin to be introduced to his thoughts. And as you, as you entertain God's thoughts, you begin to see the images that he was seeing. And, and, and when, you're, when you're in the Bible, you, you, know, you, you begin to see things about you that you've never seen before. You begin to understand that, man, man God loves me. How many are thankful that God loves you, right? And, and God's for me. I said God's for me. And, man, and if you could really see that, I mean, when, when you really see that, suddenly, hey, if God be for me, who gives a rip who's against me? Right? And, and, and it's just, it's awesome because, you know, he ain't trying to harm me. He's helping me. He's not putting me down. He's elevating me up. And, and, and you know, and you just start getting it, right? You start getting stuff that, I don't know why, but, but yesterday it's kind of struggled with that. But today, man, I got it. I, it why? Well, I've gotten a little bit higher. You know, the Bible talks about going from glory unto glory. And how you know glory is awesome? Okay, glory to glory. Glory is awesome. Glory, one, one of the definitions of the word glory, it's really cool. It, it's when God's word becomes manifest, physical. When, when the unseen becomes seen. That's the glory of the Lord. Huh? It's Christ in you. The hope of Glory. Dude, this glory stuff is awesome. I got, I got to check myself because that's not actually what I'm preaching about, but I kind of want to right now. You know, from glory to glory. But it's those two little letters in between glory and glory. It's two. So think of it this way. So there's, there's, there's a room that's just filled with the tangible presence of God. And then you go to the next one, and it's even better than the last one. Right? So he's taking you from one spot to a new spot, and the new spot has, has new life and new hope. And it, but, but there's a hallway between the, door, between, the, between, the, between the rooms. And in the hallway, that's where the press is on. 
That's, that's where the test occurs. You know, the hallway. Uh, hell is in the hallway. It, it, you, you know, you step into the glory, and all of a sudden, you, the, the hallway you were in, man, it doesn't make any difference anymore, right? Because, man, no, this is awesome. It was worth everything, and now, now I'm in this new spot. But between, between those spots, how I many you know, some of them hallways are long suckers, and you got to have something, you know, in you. You got to have a drive. You got to have a vision. You got. You have to. You have to. Uh, you know. Here's what you can't do. Don't go back to where you came from. I said, don't go back to where you came from. God's. God's. God's got an amazing, amazing plan for your life. And you know, most of us can quote this by now. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, that God's thoughts, His plans for our life are are, are to prosper us not to harm us. God's, God's plan for your life is, is to give you hope and future. See, God's wanting to introduce you to the future, the, the possibilities that are in front of us. Uh, and, and a lot of times we spend most of our effort and energy and our time, you know, trying to deal with, with, the, with you know, with the history. And, and what's crazy is that we're, we're investing so much effort in dealing with stuff that he's already dealt with. Man, I, you know, we sang it this morning, you know, and it's, and, and it's nice, you know, when you, when you just kind of let the lyric flow, you know, I know your past is broken. Uh, what's crazy is, is that we're all messed up about a broken past, but we, but we have a totally whole future that's available to us, but why, why in the world are we so connected to that broken past? Come on, step out of that past and embrace the amazing future that God has for your life. See... We know, we know that every one of us, every one of us brings some junk with us, okay? But, 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 but here's the deal. Don't worry about that stuff. You know, it, it might be just irritating the crud out of you, but it won't be long till those things just begin to fall away. And, and, and you know, and, and you just, got, you just got to keep walking. Just keep taking steps. Just keep moving out of it, right? Proverbs 4.18. Proverbs 4.18 says this. It says that the, uh, that the path of the righteous, the path of the righteous and, or the just, uh, uh, it, it actually, I think a better translation here would have been the path of the obedient. Because, you know, the path, righteousness, remember righteousness, right, being right with God. Uh, Abraham, uh, he obeyed God and God counted it as righteousness, right? So when you obey God, that's righteous. And, and the path of the obedient is just is as the shining light, or it's, or it's like the sun coming up in the morning, and it shines more and more. Everybody say more and more. more. Man, here's the good news. Here's the good news is that as you move through life, hey, your final, your final outcome is going to be a lot better than your current condition. Okay, and, and, and as you keep moving forward, you're going to begin to see things more and more clearly. I mean, destiny and purpose, it just becomes more and more clear. Life clears up as you, as you just keep moving. Don't, don't stay in the fog. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, just keep moving forward. Well, I fell. Well, fall forward, right? Just, isn't that what babies do? You know, when a baby's learning to walk, they say a baby will fall down over 500 times learning how to take its first step. But it's, hey, just keep falling forward. And, you know, hey, you might have to reach out and hang on to something, but just, just be determined. No, I'm going forward. Why? Well, be, because at the end of this verse, it says the, the, the path of the obedient, it's like a light that shines, and, and it gets brighter and brighter and more and more clear until the perfect day. Until the perfect day. Say perfect day. Man, the perfect day. Oh my gosh, what's that? That's got to be heaven or something, right? We got the perfect day. Now, let me tell you what the perfect day is. The, the perfect day is an appointed 
moment. That, that's what these words mean. This is what he's really talking about. And, 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 you know, our English language and the Hebrew language is just pretty, pretty not the same, okay? And, uh, but so here, just, just, just see if you can wrap your mind and your heart around this, that the, the, the path of obedience leads to clarity and a collision with a prophetic future. That God has planned my future. And he's leading me out of my past. And, 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 he's, and, and my past that I think weighs so heavy, God's going, it don't even matter. Why? Because before you were born, I planned an end, and, I, and I'm taking you, and when you collide with it, you're going to go, this is perfect. It, I'm, I'm telling you that w- w- when you have the will of God and it manifests in your life, that's glory. You know, it's like how Shelby felt when she finally got a date with me. Right? Oh, yeah. I like the way you say that. Say it again. Oh, man, you do it one more time. We're closing this service. Let's show you the perfect day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I asked Shelby. I, 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 Shelby was attending a Bible study, and, and uh, I asked her if I could give her a ride home. It was a long trip. It was a couple miles. And, uh, <clears throat> and on the way, on the way, on the way to taking her to the house, I asked her if I, if I could take her out. I, I, I'd like to take you out. And she said, no. And happened to be, we were at her house. I said, get out. And, uh, <laughs> and so she, she went in the house and, and I drove the two miles back to my house and I walked in the house and uh, my mom was calling me and she said, hey, the, the phone, the phone, there's somebody on the phone for you. I went to the phone. It was Shelby. And she said, okay, I can go out now. I'm thinking, okay, two miles ago you couldn't. And, you know, I don't deal with rejection very well. And uh, I'm like, well, what, what's different now than, you know, two miles ago? And she said, well, I had to come home and break up with my boyfriend first. <laughs> True story. And, uh, uh, and I'm thinking, you know what you would leave in the dirt if you had a perception of what God has for you next. I mean, Tom Ball was a loser. (laughs) This is fun for me because we'll have conversations later. (laughs) You know, but sometimes the stuff that we cling to, it's so empty. And what God has prepared for you is so filled with life. So filled with hope, so filled with promise, so filled with health, so filled with healing, so filled, I I mean, and the future that God's pulling you into, and there's something, I'm telling you, there's something on the inside of you that that every once in a while, man, it's just, it's just, you know, you get these weird urges to do little things and you don't even understand it, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, but there's this thing about being spirit-led that a lot of times, see, the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. And we're, we operate so often in the natural realm that we don't recognize what the spirit's doing. But the spirit will come and we'll get these things and, and, and we'll call them promptings, right? You've heard about somebody saying, I was, I was prompted by the Holy Ghost. And you, okay, what was that? Well, think about your computer and the prompt pops up. 
And, well, what do you do? You, well, you follow the prompt. You do what the prompt says. And, and a lot of times when you, when you do what the prompt says, it, it, it leads to the next one, right? And you, by the time you get to prompt seven or eight, yeah, man, you're really close to having a breakthrough in your life. But, you know, prompt seven and eight, you don't get there without doing one through six. And sometimes, you know, the prompting of the Spirit is just a little thing. You don't, you don't understand it, you, but, but you just do it. Sometimes, you know, have you, ever, have you ever pulled into the parking lot of the grocery store? You got out, there carts everywhere. You didn't care. Ran inside, come back out, got in the car, went home. No big deal. But another time, you're out there in the parking lot and on your way in, and something inside you says, grab that cart and put it up. Sometimes that's as simple as it is. Because, hey, if you can't hear him with the little thing, you're not going to recognize him in a big thing. And, and, and the little things are always tied to the greater thing that God wants to show you. See, you haven't seen it, heard it, felt it, but he's prepared great and mighty things. But, and we all want great things, and we all want mighty things, but they're tied to little things. You know, and, and some, sometimes it, it's like, man, uh, he, he, just because of time, can, can I just collapse this and just, I mean, like make it super practical? Uh, uh, sometimes I think we miss great collisions in, in corporate services because we don't handle the first little parts with, with the enthusiasm or, or the openness. Uh, we, we don't admit into, into our realm what God's doing in the spirit realm. And so, you know, like during worship, you're, you're, you know, you're checking your emails or whatever. What if, what if that little thing, what if that little thing was just, okay, raise your hands. You know, I'm just saying this. Uh, sometimes it's a, just a little prompting that leads to the next prompting that leads to the next prompting that causes you to collide with a major breakthrough. You know, why is it important? Well, well because, because doors mean everything. Right? Doors mean everything. Uh, 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 John 10, 10, uh, uh, this is another one that most of us know. It says, hey, there is a force that's trying to kill, trying to steal, trying to destroy. But Jesus said, here's the deal, guys. I didn't come for any of that. I came that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance to the top till it's overflowing. We're not talking about just the ability to inhale and ex exhale. People that don't have God got that ability. We're not talking about a different level of life. We're talking about a, a, a radically new life. It's God life. The Greek word is zoe, Z-O-E. It's life as God has it. We're talking about more life than death, more joy than sorrow, more peace than chaos, more hope than despair, more provision than lack, more healing than sickness. We're talking about awesome life. Okay, and, and that's what most of us believers are in search of, right? We want the abundant life. Man, Jesus came so that we could have abundant life, and we want the abundant life because I have experienced death. Have you? And death sucks. But when you've got God operating in you, there's a life that stands up even in the midst of death. It's not the absence of death. It's just that the life is so much more powerful than the death. And all of a sudden, it's death. Where's your sting at? Man, it don't even have a sting no more. Why? Because the life of God. I've got the life of God in me. Man, I've had chaos. I've, I've been around chaos. You've been around chaos? Man, we had three kids. They're, they're like chaos producers. And, and, and you know, and, and, and chaos. But, but peace that squashes chaos... That's what we want, right? That's what we've been promised. We've been promised a, 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 a connection to a peace we can't even understand. You know, hey, I've had despair. 
Usually happens on Mondays. I've had despair, but, you know, hope. Hope that, that's like an ocean, and you're just swimming in it, and you, and you, you, you can't see how any of this is ever going to work out for good, but yet something inside you says, hey, all things work together for good for those that love God and those who are called according to His purpose. No weapon formed against me can prop. And hope begins to rise. See, we're all in, we're all in pursuit of, of, of verse 10. Okay, you ready for something really deep? Verse 9 precedes verse 10. And verse 9 says, hey, I am the door. Man, if you, you want the life of God, but you have to, you have to do the door. If you don't do the door, you don't get what's on the other side of the door. You know, you can have Johnny telling you what's up behind door number two all day long. But until you walk through the door, you don't get what's behind door number two. And, and, and the door is, man, I'm telling you, there's something in the Bible. Doors are, are important. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You're at the threshold of God's participation in your situation. All you got to do is open the door. There was a young man that was out in the field working while his brothers were in trying to, trying to receive a blessing. But the prophet said, no, we're going to wait until he gets here. And they called David in from the field, remember? And he walked through the door a shepherd, but he walked back out the door a king. I wonder what would happen if you'd go through the door that's open to you. There's a great and effectual door open unto me. I said there's a great and effectual door open. You, there are doors to your life that if you can get through the door, man, everything's different. Everything changes. All of a sudden, you can step from death and through the door into more life than death. You, you know, you can, you can step through the door from, from chaos to, to peace, from sorrow to joy. You just got to get through the door. And I'm telling you that the, it, when, you, when you begin to understand that God ain't trying to keep it from you, he's trying to reveal it to you. He, he's, trying to, he's trying to lead you to it. And, and, and I'm, I'm telling you, man, uh, okay, so I need a door. Look at somebody say, I need a door. I want us to read a, a story real quick. It's, it's in Kings, and they're going to flop it up there. Second Kings chapter uh, 4, verse 8. And it said, now it happened, and can I just stop right there for a minute? That if you just do what God says, it'll happen. Okay, well, when? Now. You, you know, the, the, minute you, the minute you connect to God, let me tell you something, you're on your way. Now, it happened. And one day, Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. King James says, uh, you know, that, that she drew, drew him in, and, and she perceived that he was a man of God. She could see something. So it was, as often as he passed by, he'd turn in there to, to eat some food. And, and she said to her husband, I know that this is a holy man of God. She perceived that this, this is a man of God. And in Old Testament, real quick, Old Testament, is, it's a picture, it's a type, it's a shadow, things to come. And so the prophet, is, is, he represents the anointed word of God. Look at somebody say, the anointed word. Okay, he's going to come speak. If you find the word, you find life, you find health, you find healing. And she perceived that this is the word of God, man. This word is speaking to us. It, you know, we're going to church and hearing it, but let me just tell you something. Uh, this, this word is important. That's basically what she's telling her husband. And she's got a partnership, right? She, she's getting into a partnership with, 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 with her man. And, 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 but you, you can have partnerships with, with, with your brother, with your sister, build a partnership. And, and look at verse 10. And she said, Here's what we should do. We should build a room onto the house. Why? Because I don't want the word just down at the church. I want to bring the word to my house. 
dude, I'm telling you, I could just go off on you here for a minute. You know, it's not enough to come here to get the word. You got to take this word now and you got to go to the house and you got you to bring it into the house. Don't, don't treat the word of God like, like you do a relative during the holiday. Like you can't wait to get rid of them. You can't wait till they move on. You can't wait till they go. Why? So we get back to real life. No, you got to take the word of God and get it in the house. And, and, and doing that's going to cost you something. Man, there's some investment. She said, I don't want that to just be a room, but let's put a bed in there and let's put a table and, and a chair and a lampstand. Why? Because I, I want to create an, an environment where the word can rest, hang out, be a part. Of, of, of every day, if possible. Man, I, I want to make room for the Word in my life. And, and, and it'll be that whenever He comes to us, he, he, man, He's got a place. He knows He's welcome. Can, can I just ask the question today? Have you made the Word of God welcome at your house? Yes. I, I mean, uh, you know, or, or you, you know, it, if, if, if He showed up, would you have to hide a bunch of junk? You know how you act when certain people show up. Oh, shoot. You know, uh, one, one of my most favorite things in the world to do, weddings. Not really. But uh, you, you go to a wedding and you do a wedding, especially if, if, if you don't know the people very well and, 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 and they want you to stay. But the party doesn't begin till the preacher leaves. Dude. I'm telling you, some of you guys are laughing because you're remembering your wedding, right? And, and, and you remember the reception, and, and okay, we're going to hang out here. As soon as that guy leaves, we'll, we'll crank the music up, and, you know, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get rolling. And, and I can't tell you how many times. It's just, it's just fun to just leave something at the table, go get in the car, and then say, oh, I forgot that, and go back to the table and see their faces as you're returning. <laughs> no, you, you want to make a space in your life where you hang out with the Word. I said, you want to make a place in your life? Where you, why? Well, because, see, here's the deal. Is that God's preparing you for what's next, right? He's, he's going to take you to what's next. And you, can I just tell you the best way to hear from God is to spend time with God, right? And, 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 and so if you would spend time with God, you have more apt, you know, the ability to hear from God. That, that's why I think you should be in every service. Because, you know, there's an environment where he's, he's showing up and he's speaking. What, what are you doing? Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this is a little early in my message, I shouldn't tell you yet, but you're, you're building a door. And, 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 and she just said, man, we just want to do this. Look at verse 11. And it happened one day that he came there, and he went up to the room, and he starts hanging out. I mean, and so this has been going on now. We've been spending some time. So just in the, in the course of, from one verse to the next, there's a bunch of time that has been spent just hanging out with the anointed word. Verse 12 says, and, and then he, the word said to Gehazi, his servant, right? So uh, call this Shunammite woman. And when he had called her, she stood before him. I just want to, I just want you to understand. She's not standing before the, 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 the prophet. She's standing before the servant. And see, you, you, here's the deal is you start hanging out with the word and it won't be long till the spirit is standing there, beginning to, to be the go-between, right? And so that, because he could speak your language. Hello, somebody. Have you ever read a verse in the Bible and you have no idea what that meant? But the Spirit can come and apply it to you. I love that. Okay, and, and so she's standing there in verse 13. Uh, and say to her, look, 
You have been concerned for us with all the care. What can I do for you? You want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, and she answered I, I dwell among my own people. He's basically saying, you want, you want me to move you? you? You want me to talk to the king? You want me to get you a house on a better part of town? You want to get on the other side of the tracks? And she said, no, I'm comfortable. I'm with my own people. And, and verse 14, uh, he said, now he's talking to his servant. What can we do for her? Because uh, she's worked really hard. She's done, look at this. She's made this investment. And man, I'm telling you, we're going to do something for her. And anytime you make an investment in the word, it will produce in your life. And, and, and the servant says, well, check it out. She doesn't have a son and her husband's old. Okay, now, now hold on there. Uh, uh, she doesn't have a son and, and her husband's old. Well, okay, what does that mean? That where they are, they've settled, and they have no future in sight. They, they, okay, we're talking types and shadows, and it's a picture of, of, how, of, of, of our life. This, this word wasn't written so that we could know a story about a woman that didn't yet have a kid. No, this was written so that you could understand where you are right here, right now. And there's areas in your life that you've settled, but you have a great excuse. Matter of fact, it makes perfectly good sense. Common sense says that when you reach a certain age, okay, we're done, right? Common sense. But how many know that God wants to lead you with uncommon sense? That God, God, God wants to do things that others will say, that was impossible, but you'll say, yeah, but it's done. Okay? And, 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 and the servant's saying, hey, they don't have a future. They, they, they've settled in here. They got a great excuse. See, you've come up with great excuses why you're not prospering. But, but, but God's wanting you to know that, hey, spend some time with the Word, get the Spirit involved, and, and maybe, maybe He could bring a future into your world that you couldn't even imagine. I think maybe God's able to do exceeding abundantly above and beyond anything that you could ask or think. And may, maybe, maybe we could just like, oh, let's shock them. Let's do something that blows their mind. And so check it out. And verse 15, call her. And, and man, uh, there's something in you today. And I'm just believing God. I've been praying all week. And, and, and I know the Spirit, he's, he's calling you. He's, man, somebody, somebody is on their way to a collision with a prophetic future. Okay? Somebody's going to get a revelation today, and it's going to change everything. Every tomorrow you ever have is going to be impacted by the, by the word, the seed that's getting planted in you today. Okay? And call her. And she came, and she, check it out, she stood in the doorway. Everybody say the doorway. Okay? So sometimes, you know what? You got to take a stand, and the best place to do that is in the doorway. Okay, she stood in the doorway, we'll, we'll go ahead and then we'll come back. And he said, about this time next year, you're going to embrace the sun. And she said, you're a preacher, don't be lying to me. Okay, hey, don't be getting my hopes up. Don't be telling me stuff that's impossible if you're not coming through. I, I've, I've, I've been there before, I've been let down before, I've been disappointed before, I've been hurt before, I've been wounded before. But he said, listen, this time next year, you're going to hold your own baby in your arms. And let me just tell you something, when you get a new baby in your life, it changes everything, okay? And some of you are going to begin to hear the cry of something that's just been birthed in your spirit, and you can hear the cry of a brand new birth taking place in your, in, in your spirit, and you're going to know, oh my God, man, I got a future where I didn't think I had a future. I had a great reason to not have a future, but now I'm holding the future in my hand, and, and the future is so bright. Who can, who, nobody can, oh my God. 17, 17. And the woman conceived and bore the son when the appointed time, everybody say appointed time. 
another translation of appointed time, perfect day. The path of the obedient is brighter and brighter until it collides with a perfect day, an appointed time, a divine appointment. A divine appointment. Why is God? Why is God working so hard to get you to move? Why is God pulling? Why are you so frustrated where you are? Because He don't want you staying there. See, you think you're frustrated because the, the because the price of materials is so high. You think you're frustrated because people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. You think you're frustrated. No, let me tell you why you're frustrated. Because there's a divine appointment. If you don't hurry up, you might miss it. Man, you you, you got to climb so you can change your perspective. Well, where did she stand? In the doorway. Let me tell you something. Until she built the room, there was no doorway. Remember, re- here's how important doors are. Remember last week when we were talking about Noah? And God, what, what did God not give Noah? An ark. What did he give him? Plans. He gave him a strategy, right? And here's, here's what's crazy. Here's how important the door is. Is that we know the year and the day of Noah's life. It was the 600th year and the 17th day God closed the door. That's an appointed time. That's a perfect day. Okay, let me tell you what a perfect day is. A perfect day is when you are inside the thing that's going to save you. And the rain, which you didn't know nothing about, when God told Noah to build an ark, Noah didn't even know how to float his boat. We're going to build a boat, and I, I don't know how to, to make it float. But on the perfect day, God comes and floats your boat. God's about ready to float your boat. God, 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 God's leading you into a collision within a, with, with a divine appointment. But you know what you have to do? You have to build doors. You have to build doors. You want the future? No, you have to build what, what, what are you doing when you, when, when, you, when you adopt a cop? You're building a door. What do you do when you're uh, in the middle of praise and worship? You're building a door. What do you do when you connect to a grow group and make some friendships? You're building a door. Hey, hey, there's lives, there's power in the room to change your life through relationship. But you, you can't go through a door. You haven't built it. I said, you haven't built it. Well, man, I wish I could be up there. I wish I could be involved. I wish I could. Well, then you got to show up. What are you doing when you show up at services? You're building doors. What do the doors lead to? The future that God has for you. What do you do when you show up on time? You show up on time prepared. You show up on time prepared and do your best. You show up on time prepared and you do your best and and you do it for Jesus. What What are you doing? You're building doors. And sometimes doors take time. But at the appointed time, there is a there there is an appointment with destiny that God has for you. And see, so maybe, maybe you've been on the job a long time, and maybe you've been pouring it in, but, but, but maybe you just have to change your perspective, because the thing that has you frustrated isn't the thing that matters. And what you have to do is get over that so that God can get you into the future that he's called you to, but he just needs you to build a couple more doors. He just needs you to go to work and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm building doors. What would happen if we just started off today, and we said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to build doors, man. We're building doors. We're building doors. To get to the presence of God. How about, you know, most of us, we, we kind of wish, you know, that it, doors were automatic. You know, it's like, hey, you, you, you go to your favorite grocery store or whatever, and you walk up to the door, and bzz, the door opens and closes behind you. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's awesome. That's what I want in life. I want automatic doors. Huh? 
You, you, just, you just walk up and, and it just opens. But a lot of you guys, man, you built the door, you got the hardware, you, 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 know, you, you didn't know what you're doing, so uh, somebody else installed it. That's all right. That's what partnership's about. I don't think the woman built the room. I think her husband did. Now, I'm not being, uh, what's the word? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that a woman can't build, but there's a reason that he's in the picture. And the reason is because partnerships are required to build the doors that are necessary. And maybe somebody installed the equipment and everything, and, and you think something's wrong with the door. No, you're just driving through the parking lot. You know, when you drive through the parking lot, the doors don't open. They don't open until you actually get to the door and you're walking through it. See, so in other words, you could be in the right vicinity. You could be really close, just not close enough. One last thought. Just think about this for just a minute. You know, anymore when you go to certain places, uh, they stop you before you go through the door. And they check you out. And there are certain things that they will allow you to take with you beyond the door. I mean, hey, before you go through this door and go down and get on that plane, throw away your water. Why? Because we have water on the other side. It's only $9. You know, and if you want to get to where you're headed, you got to follow the rules associated with that door. Isn't it weird what you're willing to give up and set aside to get through a door so you can see a Seahawks game, but you're not willing to let go of and set aside to get through the door to Jesus? Some of the things that are preventing you, your doors are available but you're not. Doors are open, but you're not. You want what's on the other side of the door to come to you. It don't work that way. See, the path of the obedient. The promise is not on a collision course to find you. You're on a course to find it. You with me? But no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man. The things that God has prepared, made ready in advance, is not hidden from you, but it's hidden for you. you. You need to get to where it's at. It doesn't come to where you are. And so a lot of times, you know, you know where our struggle's at? The previous glory, we're so comfortable there. That in the hallway between the next, between glories, we say, you know what? I'm just fine back here. But if you had any idea what was at that next glory, you'd realize that where you're currently at, oh no, I cannot stay here. I have got to climb the mountain. I got to build the door. I, I, whatever it takes, I'm gonna build the door. Why? Because the future is too valuable. It's priceless, it's priceless. There's things in your life today. Listen, there's things in all of our lives that God's asking us. Would you just leave that here? Just where I'm taking you? It, it, tell you what, I, I know you, 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 you picked up a free bottle of water at church, but you got to set it down. Yeah, but water's really expensive out there. You're right. Everything's really expensive out there, but I've already paid the price. 
I've already paid the price. Anything out of pocket, I'll reimburse you. Okay, but you need to move forward. You need to move forward. You need to move forward. I want, I want you to bow your head, close your eye. I want to pray for you. Father, today, open the eyes of our imagination. Let us see the amazing hope of where you're calling us. Just, just like this servant called this woman, I, I sense, I perceive the Spirit is calling us higher. You're calling us higher. You're calling us to a new future. You're calling us to embrace new opportunities, new possibilities, out of the past and, and, and into the marvelous light, God. Help us recognize what we need to set down, set aside, push away so we can get through the door. Help us realize that, God, we, need, we just need to be builders of doors. We, we need to understand that sometimes we're building the door, and that's not the fun part. But without that, we're not going to get what we've been created for. All heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed. We're all going to pray one more prayer together, and you, you might be here today. Ed, you've been, you know what, you, you've been struggling. You, you, uh, and you know, you know that, man, I, I just... Man, I need God. I want God in my life. Well, he's at the door. He's at the door. And he said, if you open the door, he'd come in. You'd have fellowship. Well, how do you open the door? Well, you do what he said. You know, if any man hear my voice and hears the voice, he says, you know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So we're all going to pray a prayer together. Maybe, maybe you're here today. Maybe you've prayed it a hundred times. Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. But here's the deal, is that you just know that, man, today I want my life to change. I'm ready to move out of the past and into the future. I'm ready to be free from the stuff that has held me bondage. I, I want the life that God has, so I'll go through the door, Jesus. If that's you, I just want to agree with you in prayer. I won't embarrass you, won't call you out, won't make you stand up, won't have you come forward today. But if you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I'm, I'm making this prayer my prayer. If that's you, while no one's looking around, I just want to agree with you in prayer. Would you hold your hand up really high? Thank you, 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 thank you. Thank you, so awesome, so awesome. Everybody in here, pray this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, everybody, give God one more big hand. Come on, let's give it up for God's word.